back into part two of our series, Come As You Are. We kicked it off last week with that very scripture that was just on the bumper video where Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then come to me. And then he says, I will teach you how to take a real rest. So we looked at the entire concept of what Jesus kicked off with was come to me. He didn't say change the way you look first, change what you're saying first. He didn't say that you got to change anything about your appearance or your actions or even your thoughts or your intentions. He simply just said, no matter what you're going through, no matter how, how heavy you feel, no matter how tired you are, it doesn't make a difference to me. He said, I want you anyway, come as you are. And that is the DNA of Reach Church. We've been that way since the beginning and will continue to be that way all the way to the end. It doesn't matter what profession you have, whether you're in the medical field or the construction field or the restaurant business, or maybe it's something of service or something that, that is, that is out in the technology area. It doesn't make a difference. Jesus doesn't care about what your profession is of whether or not he's going to like you, whether or not he's going to ransom his life for you. Are you listening to me? He's already done it. He already gave his life as a ransom for all. So he's already paid the price for each and every one of you. And then this is some big news. Because we're living in a time where a lot of things that should never be questioned are being questioned. Let me tell you this. Jesus doesn't care about the pigmentation of your skin. Jesus doesn't care about your economical status. He loves every single person in this world exactly the same. Are y'all hearing me? Jesus loves you just like you are and so does Reach Church. Why do we? Because Jesus does. And we want to be a Jesus church. We don't want to be a man-made church. We want to be a Jesus-made church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it when he is the builder. So all we are, he says, is we are the stones and the mortar. We are the brick and the mortar that he uses to build his wonderful church. Because remember, the church isn't a building. This is a strip center. Okay? It could have been a strip center before. But now we have made it into God's resting place. God's place where we have an encounter with him. So it doesn't make a difference. The building, we're getting ready to build a brand new building that's going to be dedicated from day one to Jesus. It'll be his for all of eternity, right? That's going to be awesome. But it's not going to make it any more holy than this. Now I'm going to ruffle some of your feathers. Some of y'all looking the way I'm dressed and wondering why in the heck did the preacher show up looking like G.I. Joe? I did it on purpose. Because if you thought that, then we're going to be working on it a little bit later. If you thought anything about what I'm wearing, then I want to help you later. Because I haven't thought about anything concerning what you're wearing. Are you hearing me? As long as you're wearing something, we're good. So Jesus says, come as you are. Therefore, Reach Church says, come as you are. But now I want to show you, because we talked about it, 
Now I want to show you why we say forget religion, find God. I used to say God hates religion, but loves relationship. And then Doug, who's a spiritual son of me, comes out and preaches every month from Ohio. He was like, I love that, but it's a little bit too radical. And I'm like, really? And I was like, no wonder why we've been getting all the hate mail. He said, do you mind if, if I try to help you rework the wording of that? I'm like, no, please go ahead. And then we came up with the forget religion, find God, which is still a little bit offensive to some. But at the end, it's the truth, and I'm going to prove it to you today. We're going to read just, just half of the scriptures of one chapter of the New Testament where Jesus deals with religion. And you're going to hear, I barely have to preach today because you're just going to hear what Jesus has to say concerning religion. Remember what he said. I don't have time to get all these scriptures, but he said religion is man-made ideas taught to people as commands from God. But the religious leaders aren't even willing to walk a step in the mile they've commanded those to walk. So we're going to look at it today in Matthew chapter 23, and it starts like this. Then Jesus said, who said it? Jesus. Yeah, that's all that matters. Chris didn't say it. Your neighbor didn't say it. T.D. Jakes didn't say it. It doesn't matter who said it. Jesus, Oprah didn't say it. It doesn't matter who said it. Jesus said it. That's what matters. Jesus said to the who? The crowds and to his so I need you to understand who he's directing the message to. Now, we're going to know later because of what happens at the end that there was many religious leaders all around. They wanted to kill him for what he did today in this message that he does. But he's speaking to. He's not talking to them. He's talking to the crowds. And he's talking to the disciples. What does that mean? The disciples are those of the most disciplined followers of Jesus. And the crowds are those who are interested in Jesus. That's what Reach Church is all about as well. We want to be welcoming to the disciples, but we also want to be welcoming to the crowds. Those who just have a little bit of an inclination of, hey, I've heard a little bit about this Jesus, but I want to go see what he's all about. And so that's why we have, just why Jesus said that the Father's looking for people that are balanced in their worship. If we just have all everything that we do focused on having an experience with God, then the crowds are going to think we're weird. But if all we do is just teach what Jesus said without having an experience in him, then we'd rather watch the paint dry on the walls or go home and watch the Cowboys play. I mean, rather do one of those two than to be in that kind of church. So we want to be a church that's balanced. We want to be a church that experiences God, but is educated in God as well. So he says this to them. The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. Watch this now. This is key. It's kind of crazy. So practice and obey whatever they tell you. He put a comma there. We're just going to put a period there for a second. So practice and obey whatever they tell you. In other words... If they are interpreting the scripture and bringing it to you in a practical way for you to use it, then do it. If you know that it's real and you know that it's true and you know that it's scriptural, then that's not, a, it's, it has nothing to do with the preach. I can't change the word of God. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if, if, if a donkey shows up to you and tells you the word of God like he did Balaam, if a donkey shows up to you and tells you the word of God, obey it. Because it's the word of God. 
Who cares what the messenger looked like, what he smelled like, what she was wearing? Don't care about the messenger. All I care about is the message. So practice obey whatever they tell you. But look at this. But don't follow their example. Oh, he's starting to hit them hard right now. For they, and he's going to tell you why you don't follow the, the example of the religious. And we're going to talk about who the religious is. For they don't practice what they teach. We thought that was just a, a new age saying. No, that's been around since Jesus. Look at this. They crush people. Well, that doesn't sound like God. No wonder why people have a skewed view of God. No wonder why the world who is so hurting and so broken. And so empty are afraid to come to God because they think that God's just going to crush them for all their mistakes, all their sins. Because religion has painted God to be somebody he's not because that's what religion is. Religion, I'm going to talk to you in the end of it. Religion to me is more, more dangerous than anything else on this earth to the unbeliever. They crush people with unbearable religious demands. And they never lift a finger to ease the burden. That's terrible. Everything they do is for show. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes. That's why I wore a t-shirt part of the reason today. is you can see, I have no extra wide prayer boxes. <laughs> Nothing hitting. Right? With scriptures and verses written on them. I just have tattoos like that, okay? And they wore they wear robes with extra long tassels. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He's saying if your preacher has to show up to you looking like this, then he ain't no preacher at all. Because he's about the show. He's about what he looks like or she looks like instead of about bringing you Jesus. Look what it goes on to say. Number one for today is be servant-minded. So I'm going to show you this. Jesus is cracking them, but then he's showing you how to not be religious. Buried throughout this, this context of scripture, Jesus is cracking religion, but then he's telling us how not to be religious. Look at this. The greatest among you must be a servant. A servant. Not a leader. Not a great order, not somebody who drives the nicest car, not somebody who has the biggest pay of, on their job, not somebody who is really, really liked and respected, not somebody who is established in the community. No, 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 no. They must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves, they will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, they will be exalted so listen now jesus is promising you something if you try to be a big shot he gonna make you into a little tiny shot but if you would just be satisfied with being a tiny shot in the hand of god he will lift you up and make you a big shot are you hearing me today 
Stop trying. I'm not talking about on your work. Always do your best. Scripture covers your workplace. I'm talking about in your spiritual significance to church, to God, to a small group, to the dream team, to whoever. You got You got to just let God elevate you. Don't rush it. Don't push it. And don't see somebody else getting elevated and become jealous or envy of it. And then in turn, you want to be that because you saw how good it turned out for them. There's a story about that in the book of Acts to a couple named Anna. Ananias and Sapphira. They saw Barnabas, who used to be called Barsabas. Barsabas was the name. Barsabas means the old withered man. And Barnabas means the young man of encouragement. And this young man gave everything he had laid at the apostles' feet for the church to be able to all share from. And he was a wealthy man. And he got elevated. He got his name changed. He got declared to be a prophet and then an apostle. All these great things happened in Barnabas' life. And Ananias and Sapphira, they became envious of that and they wanted it. So they went and sold, the Bible says, only a piece of their land. And then even though they only sold a piece of it, they still only gave a fragment, just a part of the profit they made from the piece that they sold. But they brought it to the apostles and said, it's everything they had. They sold everything they had. And this is all. That they're giving. And in turn, if y'all don't know the story, it turns out real bad for them. They both drop dead in the presence of God for manipulating the Holy Spirit. Don't force yourself on anything or anyone. Allow God, allow the Holy Spirit to be the wind in your sails. Could you imagine if you're out on a sailboat in the oceans and the open waters and the wind isn't blowing and you start rowing? Nobody wants to row a boat in the ocean. Johannes and I went fishing in Sweden, one of the largest lakes in Sweden, and we ran out of gas at the other end of the lake. And I had to row back. I say I had to because Johannes was cleaning the fish in the front of the boat. I'm like, bro, come on. How long does it take to clean a few fish here, bro? He's like, yeah, this one had tough scales. I'm like, dude, get up and get a rope. Get up, get, get up and get an oar right now. I was so exhausted. That was just a lake, and it was placid. Imagine rowing a boat in the ocean. And sometimes we could feel like, but I don't know, if I don't start rowing, I'm going to start getting tossed around, and that scares me. I'm not sure exactly where my death. Hey, just relax. If you're in God, he's got you. He orders your steps. He goes before you. His word is a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. you got nothing to worry about. If you're truly submitted to God, then you just get to sit back. We're talking about it next week. You get to sit back and rest. Take a nap. Relax and wait for the wind of God. To come and blow you in the direction he wants you. God is going to elevate you. He's going to send you. Okay. Then he goes on to say. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law. You Pharisees. Hypocrites. For you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven. In people's faces. Can you get a visual of that? The world is hurt and broken and lost and empty. They're desperate for an answer. And we have the only answer. There is no other answer. And they're coming, they're trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden, the door gets slammed in their face. Look what he says to those that do that. You won't go in yourselves. And you don't let others in either. There's a story of a man that went into a church. He was down on his luck. He lost his wife and his daughter in a car accident. Lost his job because of depression. Ended up being homeless, 
didn't have the nicest clothes, was living out of his car. And he decides, I need an answer. I need help. I'm going to go to this church. He walks into the church, and before he can walk in the door, one of the demon deacons stop him. And they say, hey, listen, you kind of smell, bro. And your clothes don't look real appropriate. They're not clean. And he's like, yeah, but I just, I'm in desperate need of some help. I just, he's like, we don't have any help for you today. He's like, I'm not asking for money. I just, I just want to sit in the service. He goes, well, it's, you'd be a distraction if you came in like you are. So it's better that you go. Go home, go get cleaned up. And the man thought, I, I don't even have a home. I don't have a way to get cleaned up. So he went and he got some baby wipes and he washed up the best he can. And he pulled out the best outfit he had in the back of his trunk and he put it on. He goes back to church the next Sunday. He shows up that same deacons waiting for him at the front door. And the man says again, hey, I thought I told you you're not welcome here. And he said, I don't get why I'm not welcome here. And he said, because you're not dressed appropriately. He said, yeah, but I heard in my heart God tell me to come here and that I was going to get fed here spiritually. And the man said, well, you heard wrong. And so the man left dejected, got back in his car, and he said, God, I don't understand what's going on. I'm down on my luck. I've lost everything I care about. And now this church won't accept me. And then God said to him so clearly, he said, hey, son, don't worry about it. I've been trying to get in that church for years. And I've had about as much luck as you have. You hear? If we shut the door on people, God will shut the door on us. But if we will keep these doors open with truly a come as you are attitude and heart and spirit, then these doors will remain open and we'll get to how many we have saved last week. 70 people gave their life to Jesus at Reach Church between both campuses last week. 70 in a week. And that's because the door is open. Maybe we should change the name to open door. I'm just teasing. Totally Jesus. That's a joke. Okay, let's move on. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law? You Pharisees. Look, do you think Jesus liked religion? No. Do you think that he was nice to the religious? No. Look what he says. Hypocrites. For you cross land and sea to make one convert. And then you turn that person into twice the child of hell. You yourselves are. Like, like, I would never, ever, like, I don't like being correct. I hate when I screw up, and I know I'm going to get corrected by Jesus, but I definitely would not want to be scorched like that. And then look at this. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. But you ignore the more important aspects of the law. And then he tells us what they are. Justice, mercy, and faith. I've been to some churches where the offering message is longer than the actual message. Hear this now. Jesus isn't after your money. Jesus is after your obedience. That's all he wants. Will you lay down, because he said there's only two gods in this world, him and the God of the, the love of money. And he's trying to see who is your God. Is it materialism or is it him? Because if you'll trust him with your tithe, then he's going to give you more than you ever had to begin with. He'll take the 90% that's left over when you give the 10% and he'll take it further than the 100% could have ever went without him. And so he's saying to you, 
Focus on this, though. Don't focus on that. Focus on justice. Focus on mercy. And focus on faith. So here is number two, is focus on the more important things. This is what Jesus is teaching us on how to ensure we don't get religious. Be servant-minded. It's almost impossible to become religious-minded if you're servant-minded. It's almost impossible to become religious-minded if you're focused on the more important things. Look what he goes on to say that. Some people say, well, tithing is not in the New Testament, really. Should, you should tithe. Yes. It's the only time Jesus talks about it in the entire New Testament. And he just says yes. And the last time I checked, that's just like once Jesus says it, that settles it. But do not neglect the, everybody said together, more important things. Justice, mercy, and faith. That's what he referred to as the more important things. So how do we keep that religious spirit from jumping on us? Be servant-minded and be focused on the more important things. Look at he says, blind guides. <laughs> you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. That's a tough image to grab a hold of. But what he's telling them is, you're being so careful. You're being so careful with the things that don't matter as much as the things that do matter more. Why don't you put that energy and that focus in the most important things? And everything else will catch up. Look, it goes on. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. I mean, that's just, whoosh, you just feel it coming every time. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish. But inside, you're filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. That's tough to hear. Number three, true change, real change, happens from the inside out, not from the outside in. Religion tries to change you from the outside to get to the inside. Jesus says, don't worry about that. Look what he says. You blind Pharisees, first wash the... Oh, that's about five of you. First wash the... Of the cup and the dish. And then the... Will become clean too. Hold on a second. First wash the inside, then the outside will become clean. You know what he's saying to you? He's saying to you, just worry about your heart condition with me. And once you fix the heart condition with me, everything else is going to be reciprocated throughout your entire life. Because once you fall mad, I don't have to try to change young people's view of what the world is or whether they like capitalism or social. I don't care about it. You know what I got to do? I got to get them to lay their heart before Jesus. And once they lay their heart before Jesus, then all they got to do is wait for the reciprocation for the action results of that heart change to bleed out into every area of their life we're trying to change people the wrong way not we as reach but we as the church as a whole across the globe we're trying to fix them from the outside in you know what this is saying come as you are just don't stay as you are but don't worry about the staying as you are because that's going to take care of itself as long as you surrender. Are y'all here? So let me go on. Let me show you this. This is so big. 
We're going to cover next week how to rest, how to take a real rest in Jesus. And then we're going to cover the last week, that third part. We're going to take it and go a little bit deeper in it. But let me just show you this illustration. I've been going for years and years. I've been going over. Some of you have seen this a few years ago when I first did it, but I felt like it was appropriate to do it again. I've been going over a couple's home who they hail from Mexico. I mean, I'm talking about they, they, they know how to cook the best Mexican breakfast you've ever had in your life. There's not a restaurant that can compare it to it. Have your own affiliate. Just throwing that out there in case you guys want to get in for a breakfast at some point. They'll do it for you. Amazing breakfast. And every time I go over, they had this, they had this ocean spray, palm, a palm granite cranberry juice. And it was so stinking good. I love the breakfast, but I also look forward to that juice. Couldn't wait to take a sip of that juice. And then after like 30 times of having breakfast, I decide to look at the back of the thing because I noticed something down on here where it just says 100%, but then it says vitamin C. And I'm like, oh, this ain't real juice. And so I turned around in the back and then I read the label and I couldn't believe it. It says this bottle contains less than 1% juice. Less than. Man, it's packaged all pretty. It looks good. Everything about it seems right. It has the best marketing. It has the best branding. They have commercials on this with guys swinging on cranberry vines and jumping into a, a lake of cranberry. I mean, they got it all together. But the truth is, this contains less than 1% real juice. I felt so cheated. And then I felt afraid because I thought, what is the other 99% that is in this bottle that I'm putting into my body? And then I went looking at Target and Walmart and I found the brand of all brands, Great Value. In the same exact flavorings, except for, you know, they say real big on the front of theirs, they're loud and proud about it, 100% juice. Here's what we want. We want Jesus, not religion. And Jesus is 100% all the time. Religion contains, here's why religion is so dangerous, is because it contains just enough of God to attract those that are seeking him. But the other 99 point whatever percent, I have no idea what it is. But I know what it is, we don't want. What we want is 100% Jesus. Do you believe that? Can we give Jesus one big one? And I'm just throwing it out there. The G.I. Joe outfit's for a reason. Here's a test. If you thought for one second, why is preacher wearing a G.I. Joe outfit? I mean, it's really not a G.I. Joe outfit. I just realized once I put it on, it kind of looked like G.I. Joe. If that crossed your mind, then you may have to evaluate just a little bit. Just throwing it out there. Are you dealing with a little bit of religion? Because what does it matter what I wear? What does it matter what you wear? What does it matter whether you're tanner than I am or not? What does it, it matter the pigmentation of our skin? What does it matter what job we have? What does it matter? It doesn't matter. What matters is 100% Jesus. That's what matters. And I'm asking just for a moment, if we can bow our head and close our eyes, I want to extend an opportunity here today. Here are both campuses and all those that are watching online. Each and every one of us, Jesus is calling, come as you are. Maybe you've 
been in a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've prayed prayers before, but your life isn't really reflecting the decision that you once made. Maybe you hit a hard time, a rough patch. You fell backwards. This same message is for you today. Whether this is your first time commitment or whether you're recommitting. Here's Jesus' promise. When you come to me just like you are, doesn't matter what you've done, what you've said, where you've been. I'm going to wash you as white as snow. I'm going to remove every sin, every stain from your life. Every mistake, every wrong you've ever done is going to be wiped out. And I'm going to give you a fresh start, a new beginning from this day forward. That's his promise. If you want that kind of Jesus, the loving, forgiving, caring, servant-minded Jesus, he gave his life as a ransom for yours before yours was ever even born. If you want to say yes to that, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand up nice and high in the air, without worry, without fear, without delay, on three. Put that hand up. One, hands already going up. Two, three. Come on, shoot that hand up. Hands are up all over. Thank you, thank you. So, so many hands.